0: Hello everybody, MegazardX here. Back at the beginning to give y'all another very exciting video. And for today, I have another episode of my Zardcast podcast. That being number episode 18 and i got quite a bit of good interesting stuff to talk about i know the main highlights is going to be metroid dread it's going to be sword and smash Bros. ultimate got a couple of pop culture segments i got to talk about um my dragon ball super over there because we managed to get a new um new trailer over there at uh new york um new york con over there that's been happening this past weekend though and a lot of other stuff um here and there and in between though so Goodness, I got I got quite a show for y'all tonight though. So, whether you're, you're listening to this on YouTube or listening to on the podcast server, um, later on after the fact, glad you're here. Glad you're able to sit down and listen to me, um, for all of the stuff I have to go through and talk about tonight. Uh, in terms of other people showing up, I think it's good. I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be a gut feeling. I have a couple of my members not feeling good or just unable to make it due to the fact of work and everything like that. So, uh. We'll be sad to kind of miss him, though, because it felt good to have him back within the past episode, though. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and get up in it, though. But before I go into, like, my news topics or my pop culture segment, I want to take care of a little bit of some housekeeping stuff um, with me and my channel and what to sort of kind of expect for this upcoming month because we do know that... As of now, we're officially in, you know, everything else in between. So, yes, we are in that spooky season. And I do have some videos planned out and some streams of me going through and playing some games that are typically more so that are on the, the scarier side or more so on the spookier side. Um for the the Halloween series though. So I got some things planned out, not going to say exactly what all is actually planned out but I will go ahead and mention one of the things and that being yes, one of my new stream series since I did just recently finish Metroid Zero Mission it will be Luigi's Mansion 1 on the GameCube because with me having the GameCube now and going through and collecting certain GameCube games I'm actually able to go ahead and play through that entire series. So that's going to be my stream series for the month of October. And you don't have to wait too long to be able to see the official start of that because that will start officially um, tomorrow. You know, if everything goes um, the way how I plan it, I will start streaming that series for the most part every Monday. With the exception of, I think, the the week that Smash Brothers comes out. I might actually switch up that day. It could be slightly before the Monday, slightly after the Monday. That date's kind of depending on whatever. Cause I, I think I got some plans around um around whenever that, that new character drops out though. But I'll talk more about it when we get to that actual topic though. So yes, expect some spooky sort of kind of streams, some um streams, live stream uploads or anything like that. And especially when the day of Halloween comes around that corner. I'll probably have something planned on that that Halloween night as well maybe I'll just gather out with a bunch of my friends and might just stream us just playing a bunch of random games could be scary could be fun you know it's just an overall party though so that's just some things you can sort of kind of expect for the month of October so just get ready because there's gonna be quite a bit of content dropping on my channel from week to week so it should be pretty enjoyable nonetheless but with that housekeeping out of the way let's go ahead and jump straight up into our pop culture segment All right, so first off, you know what? I have to talk about this because apparently it was a few days ago. Where apparently I, I was hopping on Twitter and you know just randomly checking my stuff here and there and whatnot though and I, lo and behold I found out that uh apparently Facebook Instagram and whatever that whatever that green whatsapp or whatever though that I guess Facebook sort of kind of owns or whatever all that stuff shut down and it was it was weird because it was like all that mess shut down you couldn't access anything I remember seeing like a huge flock of people there was just trying to go over to Twitter to be able to you know kind of interact with people and say hey what what the heck is going on with Facebook Facebook or whatever though and it, it caused so many people to come over there to Twitter where uh, ultimately it just sort of kind of slowed down or shuttered things down even on Twitter and Twitter was almost about to suffer for it too but they managed to bounce back faster than Facebook and it was interesting because I, I saw some of the tweets that were out there and I know Sonic U was sharing some stuff with me where it was like hey entire source codes were sort of kind of you know deleted or whatever though and for a second I was thinking there's no way on this earth that Somebody would have deleted something so crucial to Facebook where they wouldn't have been able to recover it as quickly or as efficiently as they possibly could to where Facebook is just gone. Like, it ain't coming back. I was thinking sort of kind of the lines of that. But then at the same time, when you're a billion-dollar company like that, like, you got to have backups or your backups or something like that. Like, that that just can't happen. And I think it was weird because I think, I don't know if it truly was anonymous. You know, that, that one kind of special group or whatever, though, that sort of kind of did that, or if it was just some random old person that was just like, it was an internal job or what, but it was it was weird to kind of see that, because it's not every day that you get to see social media blackouts like that, because, I mean, this one kind of lasted for quite a while, It's kind of trending on Twitter and everything like that, though, so yeah, it, it was just something kind of interesting that happened, I just kind of wanted to talk about it here just real quick though but uh man if y'all want them big billion dollar companies i mean get your crap together I, I was almost in fear of thinking something bad happened to my facebook page which i have not posted on the thing at least recently or not as much as what i probably should i'm more of a twitter user myself but uh i, I was wondering if all my all my work that I normally put on my Facebook side of things on my page was gone and that made me cause me to think about it. it's like, oh shoot, is that page actually gone though? But it's there, it's still kicking and everything like that. I do need to do some stuff with it though. But yeah, so that's basically all there is to talk about within that one little segment of news right there though. But let's go ahead and bounce over to the second one. And that being that we actually got a brand new trailer for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I, I, I don't know the the naming of that movie. This always gets me every single time. Like Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Like I don't know. There's there's too much super going on right there. There's too much super. I, I was like I was like I love I love some Dragon Ball and whatnot though. But I feel like the naming convention on that movie could have been a little bit better if, if you had to. You know what I mean, just just me speaking over here, just thinking out loud though. But anyway, we managed to get a brand new trailer for this movie. And the interesting thing about this movie is, it's going to be all completely CG. We're used to it just being the traditional anime style, where, you know, the, you know, the frames are kind of drawn by hand, and they kind of put it together in a slideshow, and we normally see, you know, animation, for the most part, done that way, though. But every now and then, you got certain animes that do it in CG. Typically more so those, you know, Gundam style, you know, where, you know, you got gigantic um, robots fighting each other, or like, or what's the other thing I'm thinking of? Like Godzilla-like sort of kind of creatures or whatever in anime. Like big old, big old um, creature-like things that fight. Those typically tend to be CG. And every now and then, like there's one anime I'm watching right now. um, It's, oh gosh, what is the name of that anime? Literally, I'll have to pull it up on Funimation though. But anyway, uh, most animes are not typically done by um, CG though. But every now and then, you will have one that is... And it's interesting because this is, I think, the first type of Dragon Ball material. I want to say that it's actually being um, fully CG like that, though. But anyway, looking at some of the stuff, if you take a still image shot of, if you take a still image shot of just one of these things, like for example, I have Piccolo here on the screen. It looks really good. It really does remind me of the art style that uh, once we got within the that that final tournament arc within super it sort of kind of reminds me of the same kind of vibes of that art style right there it looks real good when you just take one image of it though but the big question with cg and stuff is when you start putting that mess in the motion does it still hold up that's the critical thing right there and honestly i i don't know i'm I'm not quite digging this one um that well to be honest and i'm like ugh, it, it kind of hurts me to be honest because i'm like it looks so good, just one image of it, but when you start putting it into action, which they didn't give us a lot of full-blown scenes because, you know, with anime stuff, at least very early with their previews, they don't show too much. They just kind of give you enough to kind of wet your appetite. But with this, it, it it didn't make me feel entirely super well um, just to kind of see it play out within actual motion like that because, I don't know, it just seems a little choppy here and there. I mean, they still got more time to work on it. But at least for now, it's not where exactly where I kind of want it to be. And in terms of the plot, there's not too much going on, at least from what I'm able to tell from the first little bit of preview that we got, though. But it seems okay. I still will go and watch this movie because, you know, I just like Dragon Ball that much. But I might be a pretty hard critic whenever it comes down to this one, because I don't know what made them take this interesting sort of kind of route for them to say, hey, let's Do away the way that we did the previous movie, you know, Dragon Ball Super, the one that featured Broly, and let's go a completely CGI um, way with it for superhero. I don't know how they came to that decision making on that, though. But it's interesting nonetheless. So that's where I'm sort of kind of standing at right now. I honestly need to see another trailer with a little bit more um, animation up in there. You know, with it showing a little bit more scenes. Especially the fight scenes. Fight scenes could be pretty cool if they do it just right. Because if you do cool fight and CGI scenes... In terms of, like, the raw destructive power, like, you know, how, like, the dust can sort of kind of fly around and stuff like that, whenever they kind of smash up against, like, mountainsides or rocks or whatever, though, it can make some sort of pretty cool, interesting effects. But outside of that, I'm very curious because, you know, Dragon Ball has some very intense, extremely fast-moving fights, so very curious to see how well that will play out as well. But that's basically all I have to say on my pop culture segments right there. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump straight up into the gaming news. Alright, so first thing off is, and this is sort of kind of gaming, sort of kind of pop culture, didn't know exactly where to sort of kind of stick this off at, but I was like, you know what, shoot, we'll go ahead and stick it in the gaming thing though. But anyway, Super Nintendo World for Universal Studios Japan has confirmed that yes, they are going to be adding a brand new park to you know Universal Studios Japan. That being a whole entire section dedicated purely towards Donkey Kong, and it's going to be expanding. And in 2024, that's roughly the time that they're going to be able to hopefully have this whole entire section complete. Now this is interesting because I did remember I remember Game Explained and whatnot. Though they were covering you know the whole entire Universal Studios um, Nintendo World parks um, since the the first little bit before it was even built when we first learned information on it up until the you know the release of the park itself, at least for Japan side. We still do have these parts coming to California as well as Universal Studios in Florida, which Florida will be the one I will go to whenever they finally get this thing built up and everything like that though. But it was interesting because even back then, they knew that they were gonna try to put a DK world in what would be Universal Studios um, Florida. And now we got concrete information that yes, it is coming, but we probably might see it first on the japan side and i'm like gosh dang i was like you know what you know what i'm like i like mario and stuff like that but it, it'll be really fun to just go through and actually um experience a dk side of things because um with this they're gonna say there's gonna be like a, a new roller coaster there's gonna be interactive experiences and themed merchandising and, and food and you know with the food huh, how many different things are gonna be up in that part they're gonna have like banana related stuff up and i'm not the biggest fan of bananas myself but i'm like golly i was like for anybody that loves bananas i know you're gonna go (laughs) bananas uh, no pun intended you're gonna you're gonna go crazy over um this part just eating all this the different food up in there though hopefully they don't have too much banana stuff at least for me personally though but it is gonna be interesting nonetheless the one roller coaster ride that they're probably gonna have there might be a couple but i know one of them has to be a mine cart related thing just thinking back on you know donkey kong um returns and tropical freeze those mine cart levels I mean, shoot, or even the barrel ones where you have to like ride a rocket barrel, but especially the minecart ones. I mean, that that was tracking back all the way back to the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy. So I'm like, that's almost guaranteed for it to be a roller coaster right there, just to have something minecart related. Now, in terms of other stuff, I'm I'm not entirely too sure though, but I'm expecting to see like a good roster of characters. Like you got Donkey Kong, there's gonna be Diddy Kong and um, Dixie Kong. Those are going to be the obvious ones. Pretty sure Cranky Kong, Funky Kong, all are going to be up in there. Then how many other ones uh, will actually be represented from the series in terms of either the countryside or, shoot, you can even go back all the way to Donkey Kong 64. Like, like, are they really going to put my boy Lanky Kong up in there? Like, I don't know if that's going to be a thing or not, though, but it's all interesting nonetheless, though. But I think there's just a lot of different things that they could possibly do. Um, there's a lot of different things that they can do within the DK section itself. And honestly, this got me really excited because it's like, man, in a perfect world, I would just love to see, you know, we have a Mario theme park or the Mario side of the thing. We'll have a DK side of the thing. Shoot. Could we get a Kirby side or a Legend of Zelda? Like, it would be nice to be able to see all of that play out and actually get representative worlds of all of that stuff as well. I was like, that, that in a perfect world, that's what I really would like to see, though. But maybe they're sort of kind of working its way to it because... Not only is Donkey Kong going to be added um, to the park as well, but there are making Pokemon collaborations within Super Nintendo World as well to be represented in some way, shape, form, or capacity. Because they actually have confirmed that, yes, in the year of 2022, which is only a little less than a year away, they will have some kind of collaborations or something within the Super Nintendo World itself. So, that basically means on the Mario side. So, it's not like anything expensive, like a whole entire Pokemon world, which would be really cool to see, you know, different Pokemon kind of interact and different kind of rides based on that. You would think that would be the next thing after the DK section, if not like a Legend of Zelda related kind of thing, though. But it kind of makes sense, though. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be super big and expensive like the DK stuff, since it is having like a really quick turnaround with it being as, you know, as early as 2022. But I wouldn't be surprised if you know they take a little bit of that, kind of get its own little section, and then slowly but surely, as you know, theme parks are to keep going through renovating, adding, and expanding to it. Where they could eventually have its own, you know, Pokemon area, and who knows what other types of Nintendo IPs are in there though. But I know they have little teasers to other IPs. Like I know there's like some small little Pikmin dudes that I think you can kind of spot um throughout the, N- the Nintendo world um right now though. So hopefully, here's hoping that they can kind of expand upon it and be able to add more you know more nintendo ips to this over time and please 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 universal like come on now get your stuff together universal of florida because that's the location i would be personally going to to go see this part i literally will bring two suitcases one to bring my clothes and one to bring back my souvenirs because who knows what the heck i'm gonna buy at these parts and have to bring back with me as i fly back home or whatever though because Shoot, I I know I'm gonna have to say like a hefty <laughs> a hefty bit whenever I finally go to Super Nintendo World. i probably won't go to the one in Japan, though that would still be pretty cool. But uh you know what? I, I have to wait until the Florida, uh the Florida place is actually built up. So that'll be the one I'll be personally waiting on though. But yeah, that's gonna that's basically all I have to talk about within the Super Nintendo world though. But let me know in the comment section down below um, if, if you're excited for you know the new edition of the DK area or slash a little bit of the Pokemon collaboration that will be happening as soon as next year from Uni- Universal Studios Japan though, but y'all just gotta let me know. Now let's go ahead and move on to the next topic because ho 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 boy, yes. It, yes, Mr. Sakurai had his final presentation to introduce the very last character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and we were thinking about who the heck could it be? Could it be, uh, some people want it really to be Dante, I don't understand why. Uh, Master Chief? Could it be the Dooms guy? Or could it be Crash Bandicoot? Which I honestly really didn't want Crash Bandicoot to be up in there either. I mean, shoot. I mean, you know, everybody sort of kind of speculated that. Was it going to be first party? Was it going to be third party? Part of me said... Could it be Astral Chain? But then I remember back what Sakurai said, hey, it, it was hard for him to do um like a switch out character, like a Pokemon trainer between what would be Rex and Metro slash Pyra. So then I kind of put that thought aside and I was like, Well shoot, I don't even know what it would be a first party character or would it be like a gen 8 Pokemon, which a lot of people was like, please don't put that up in there though. But me personally, shoot, I got my I got my Metro Pyra, got my Ridley King K rule. I, I was pretty pleased with the roster already. So he, Sakurai could basically give me anything at the this point and i would have felt totally fine but it was interesting because they actually revealed the the me characters first for this presentation i was like oh okay and you know you know promoting a little bit more splatoon because we know splatoon 3 is going to be coming out next year in 2022 so you know we got the addition of octoling and judd um was was up in there as well so i was like oh okay that that makes sense perfect sense and then they hit us with doom guy as a as a me costume, I was like, oh shoot, that deconfirms him as an actual character. However, it is pretty cool that we actually did get to see some type of Bethesda or technically Microsoft at this point um, representation within Smash within Doom. So that is one DLC um, outfit for the me. I do have to go through and use my gold coins to get. So it was interesting to see those play out though. But then the time finally came for them to introduce the brand new character. It started off with a black screen and then. Um, and our black screen. We got to see the big Smash logo up in the sky, and then it sort of kind of fizzled out. And then they started bringing out all the you know the characters within Smash, and they went back to their trophies. And it sort of kind of reminded me back of within Smash Brothers, um, Brawl, because you know trophies were like a real big thing with its story mode with Subspace Emissary back in the day. So I was like, huh, where in the world is Sakurai going with this? And then all of a sudden, we get to see Mario, and it kind of steps off this platform, and. I wish I would have paid attention to that little, you know, sparkly little dust that was going up from the trophy as he stepped off of his little um, platform. Because I was like, that was a small little hint, that little glitter though. But I was like, okay, but I still didn't know what it was. And we saw like a little small ember that was out in the middle of the darkness with some of my reactions with me and some of my other friends, because I did do a reaction, or I actually live streamed our reaction to the, the presentation. So that is on my YouTube channel if you want to check out a raw reactions, though. But a lot of us was feeling like, hey, is this Dark Souls? Like, because, you know, Dark Souls, you kind of sit around that base campfire and whatnot, though. And I was like, could this really be that? And then, you know, Mario walks up to it, and then he, he takes his hand, and then he just grabs the fire and just chunks it. And I'm like, what the heck? And it's spinning. It's spinning ever so slightly. It's just spinning. And then all of a sudden, the fire turned into a full key blade. And when when I saw that, well, basically, I saw it right there with the key blade, though. But especially when you saw that Mickey symbol on the end, which, gosh, I don't know how much Nintendo had to pay just to even put that little Mickey symbol at the end. Because that could have easily been a Smash logo symbol. I was like, whole freaking shoot, yes, Sora is finally in Smash, and lo and behold, he comes out through a keyhole in the sky and basically kind of saves everybody on that Smash roster because they pulled him out of the darkness, hence why it was really dark and it made sense for Sora to be added up in here within this sort of kind of scenery like that. We even got to see what Sakurai's uh, reaction was like, huh? Like I mentioned on some of his um, Twitter accounts and say, hey, even if you're not so much of a gamer or into gaming news a whole bunch, you might still want to tune in just to see what is going to be showcased off in this presentation. And now we kind of understand why that was the case because, you know, gaming or not, whatever, I don't care who you are on this planet, I know you probably heard of Disney. And hence, Sora's a Disney character, so it, that kind of explains why um, Sakurai was saying, hey, you might want to tune in here, even if you're not so much of a gaming fan. I even heard, I think, within Disney World, I'm not sure if it was Universal, I mean, not Universal, whether it was in Florida side or if it was on the California side, I think they were sort of kind of live streaming um, that event. And they actually showcased that off whenever the, the Sakura pr- presentation was going on, which is kind of interesting, but it kind of makes sense at the same day because uh, while this is technically a character that's kind of part-owned by Square Enix and Disney, I think most of the stakes, are, I think, are on Disney. It's just Square Enix just happens to make the games, though. But anyway, that makes a, total, a whole lot of sense right there, though. And, man, Sora, just looking at his presentation, presentation and what he's able to do um, when in, you know, how he's going to be able to fight and how he's going to be able to control and whatnot, it seems like he's going to have a serious aerial game and I'm like, dang, I was like I, I man, I was like, oh shoot, like there was one part where you can go off the side of the screen and you can hit, you can hit the up B to recover then hit the sideways b where you're able to chain it in like three different directions um to kind of maneuver your way back over to the screen so it is going to be hard fighting um sora because this off game or his edge guarding game is going to be mad insane it might be a little frustrating and hence why i'm kind of want to see if i can kind of work with this character and see if i can get him up to snuff where he could potentially be one of my rotating mains um, similar like how like the second they announced Mithra and Pyro, I was like, I know I'm maining them and I can use them fairly well too. But yeah, I I'm gonna have to try to get Sora up the snuff though. But between that and his combo set, how like partial combo in midair before dropping to the ground to finish out the combo like that, I mean just an impressive move set right there though. And then obviously he has the counter as well. And yeah, I, I, I it's all gonna be about that aerial game with Sora, where I think he's gonna have that major leg up on most other characters, though. And then obviously he have his um, neutral bees, where he's able to use like fire, wind, and ice attacks and stuff like that, though. So overall, a pretty pr- pretty well put together package though. But then the songs, the songs ain't too crazy because you know people were thinking, were we gonna get any kind of Disney representation outside of Sora himself? Or, you know, the stuff that Square Enix had exclusively created for the, those kind of characters. But the answer to that was technically no. Because, uh, shoot, it would have been paying... Yeah, Nintendo would have been paying an arm and a leg to literally have all those other Disney characters up in this thing. And I'm like, ooh, shoot. Yeah, they, they weren't going to go that way. Plus, I guess, copyrights and all that stuff. Like, they might have to... Shoot, it might have been a one-time deal when they would have paid for disney to be able to showcase off like donald and goofy in like swords final smash or something like that he might have literally they might have to literally pay like something like a per year or something like that who knows how disney handles all that copyright though but i know it's gonna be like a big mess of live for them to be able to figure that out so it's kind of smart to kind of stay away from it just in case if they try to keep porting this game over to you know future whatever comes out to the switch successor and whatnot though it's kind of smart at least for them to play their cards like this so it It'll be a little less of a headache to kind of mess with later on. Maybe you'll be able to make more ties with Square Enix or whatever, though. But anyway, the stage is Hollow Bastion from Kingdom Hearts 1. And the interesting thing about Sora that I actually like is I literally bought this game, Kingdom Hearts, the all-in-one package, where you're able to have like all 10 games for the PS4. I literally bought that back in August. I literally finished playing Kingdom Hearts 1. About three weeks before this presentation actually happened, so actually I can check him already off the list because I already had technically played one of his games in terms of all the characters that are in the Smash roster that I played. There's like a few of them I hadn't done, like Terry, um, Snake. Uh, what, what what's another one? Terry Snake, uh, Terry Bogar, and a few and a couple other ones. Banjo, which I'll be able to play Banjo whenever they drop the N64 online and whatnot, though. But yeah, so. I was like, okay, so that, that's a lot of cool, interesting stuff like that. I, I did love that stage because, man, the music right there, it, it feels pretty good. Because that was kind of close to the end game of the, ga- of the game, not... The, the real last world or whatever though but it's like the, the step right before that so I think they chose a pretty good stage right there and then also it's one of them stages that morphs and you get to see the other stage where you get to see some of the character arts on the background um, while you're fighting like that so that's pretty cool and they managed to throw um other characters that rep- that are representative um, in the Kingdom Hearts series though so that was really cool to be able to see all that stuff kind of play out though and it's interesting with the Sora design because there's multiple different games and we know Sora gets older as he progresses in each one of the games though but they basically took the design from Kingdom Hearts 1 in terms of like his face and you know and hair and stuff and that's the same design that he has for all of his um, all of his alts and his other alts basically changed the costumes and there's one (laughs) and there's one alt where it's literally like um what is it it's the river something the river something um yeah the river something odd um alt for his costume and literally every time i look at that i'm like no that is not sora that is freaking king mickey right there that's king mickey right there like like literally he's straight black and white and literally looks like a from a cartoon out from the 60s no anytime i'm fighting a Sora person like that no i'm just gonna call him mickey like that's the closest thing we're gonna get to mickey within Bros like that i'm just keeping it real with y'all here though but yeah so overall i really did love his presentation and stuff Really super excited to be able to play him whenever he finally does drop out, which in the time that I'm live streaming this um podcast, it will be a week from tomorrow. So a week from Monday, uh he he'll be out and you know what, it's not too much farther away, I mean that's basically like 8 days away, so literally on October the 18th, um, the character will drop out, and we'll all have it in our hands, so I'm like, oh heck yes I'm like, let's freaking go like, I- I'm so ready for this I'm freaking so ready for this though but yeah, so y'all gotta let me know in the comment section down below, what all do you think about um Sora's inclusion into Smash, and I know um it, it felt bittersweet seeing the final character because we're done there's no dlc wave three you know sora can finally take his well-deserved long needed rest because i want him to take a good long vacation and if he decides to make another game that ain't smash brothers or he ain't doing the prep work for it Please, Sakurai, come over here and do my Kid Icarus Uprising 2. Or at least port the 3DS version to the Switch or something like that. And then do my sequel, man. Because no one else is going to do it justice like the way how you did um, the first game on the 3DS. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. But yeah, so overall, some really good stuff in this presentation. But it necessarily wasn't all the stuff that was showcased off in there. Because Sakurai actually was the first one to actually let everybody know that, yes, the Kingdom Hearts series first game all the way up to the 10th game with it being kingdom hearts 3 will be playable on the nintendo switch this is something i've been predicting from year after year after year in my prediction videos however i did not think that sakurai was going to be the one to break the news for us however with all good things there is a catch and the catch is is that it's going to be coming as a cloud game and that part right there sort of kind of stings me on the wrong foot i'm like, oh. Because if your internet connection is really well, no necessary knock. And I understand it for those that would be playing um, Kingdom Hearts 3 on the Switch. Cause the way how that looks on the, you know, on the PS4 and the Xbox One, I'm like, okay, that makes sense for it to be a cloud game. Because there's no other way. I don't think the Switch could've um, the Switch would have been able to support Kingdom Hearts 3 and actually be able to run it very smoothly though. However, for, you know, like the King Mars 1.5 plus 2.5 mix that basically include like a bunch of PS2 games and whatnot, though, a GBA game and a, and a few other ones here and there. I don't think there was any excuse for that to basically um, be not to be ported over to the Switch natively. That's the thing that really stings me the wrong way. I mean, now I, I don't have to be too invested in it um, since I basically got the, the whole collection over here as I'm looking over here on my um the whole collection for ps4 that i can play on my ps5 even though you i can technically do that it's still kind of sting for all those users that this might be their only way to be able to go through and play all the kingdom hearts game and it's kind of interesting but also fairly nice the way where you can say hey here's the character if you hadn't played the character's games hey good news The games are coming along the way. I think that's like one of the few presentations, or I think the only presentation that we actually got confirmation of something like that for a third party character that it might be a little harder to go out there and get their games, at least on the same console, that being the Switch. But yeah, so honestly, some really good stuff showcased off in this presentation. The only thing that stung about it was the cloud gaming part of the thing where you won't be able to play the games natively on your Switch. But outside of that, Sora being in Smash, really cool, really interesting. And they also mentioned that, yes... Sora was the number one most demanded character, even way back, within the Smash 4 days, back with the whole entire Smash ballot, which I honestly thought Bayonetta was the number one winner, because he never really fully um, um, showcased off the full results of that, he sort of kind of kept it hidden, hence why we, pro- we were able to kind of get King K. Rule and Ridley up in the game, because I guess Sakurai kept referring to that list when he finally made Ultimate and said, hey, let me get some of the characters that the fans have wanted um, and let me put them in this um, ultimate version of the game. So yeah, so it's kind of interesting to know that, yes, Sora was the number one most demanded character and I'm like, gosh, I wasn't expecting him to go all the way back to reference the Smash 4 ballad, but that was insane attention to detail right there i, I just love that a little bit about sakura because he's a people pleaser and yes if this was not the character you necessarily wanted maybe this is the character you hate at least be glad that some people or i get at this point since this was the number one requested character the fact that you know what a lot of people were happy whenever this character was showcased out because it was the number one most demanded character <laughs> And I'm like, oh yes. I don't think there was could have been any better way, at least for Sakurai to go out and make Smash Ultimate the game that it really was. I mean, shoot, even hashtag um, thank you, Sakurai was trending on Twitter. And he and even Sakurai himself addressed it. So I was like, you know what? Mad respects to you, man, for being able to make this game, make all this DLC. Two waves of DLC, a grand total, like 12 extra characters so we were up in like the high 80s like you don't see that big of a roster that many stages that much music like they had a whole accolades um during this presentation of all the accomplishments that sakurai was able to make so i'm like i was like dang i was like that's just absolutely crazy so i'm like yeah so you know what thank you sakurai so much for all the work you're able to do